You're listening to Faith-Based Mental Health, a weekly podcast designed to bridge the gap between spirituality and psychology. Welcome to Faith-Based Mental Health. I am your host, Pastor Colt, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Ron. How are you today, Dr. Ron? I got to tell you, I'm finer than a frog hair. How are you? I'm great. I have no idea. I don't think, I don't know if a frog even has hair. There might be some kind that does. That's how fair, that's how fine I am. You can't tell. It's frog hair. It's yeah. It's just super fine. There you go. Yeah. You should just leave with that. I'm super fine. Then you sound like you were. We were still in the '90s or something. I think that's yeah. or that's super fly. Super fly. That was an expression, but I think it was pretty long time ago, early 2000s, maybe 90s. Which for me, that's about the origin of time. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm great. Uh, I'm doing well today, and I'm just excited to get another opportunity on this beautiful day to talk to you about some mental health stuff. Um, today we are going to be, I believe, wrapping up our conversation for now on depression as we talk about managing our depression. And today we're shifting over to managing our depression from a faith based standpoint from a a spiritual standpoint. And to the listener, if you haven't heard the last few episodes, go ahead and check those out. We talked about depression. We talked about managing your depression from time management standpoint, managing it from an energy management standpoint, and just some really good practical advice in both of those episodes. And you're going to get some more of that good practical advice in this one. So don't leave right now. But when you finish this episode, go back and listen to those if you haven't heard them yet, you will not regret it. So Dr. Ron, as far as managing your depression or depressive episodes from a from spirit, a spiritual management standpoint, what would you have to say to the listener about that kind of as a, a basic overview of what that looks like? Yeah. When people are depressed, they often feel invisible. They feel like I don't matter. If I didn't wake up tomorrow, then who would even notice? People who are severely depressed, even with kids, they'll say, oh, the kids will be better off without me. Depressed people say, I just want to be somebody's somebody. And so to that, the spiritual element of it is not are you somebody's somebody, but you're the ultimate somebody's somebody. And so we look at depression and then we contrast it to um, anxiety. And in depression, we talked about depression is often focused in the past, uh, whereas anxiety is focused in the future. We talk about depression as um, from an energy management standpoint, I don't have enough energy, anxiety, I've got too much excess mental energy. And now in a spiritual sense, depression says, I have no worth or value. And then from a spiritual sense, anxiety says, I have no control. I'm overcome with worry because life is not a safe place. That's anxiety. So I think it's important to to separate those two concepts because sometimes people get them very confused. But what's really cool about it is when you take the concept of God, basically having two natures. And we talk about two natures of God in in a multitude of belief systems, but 
for the most part, it's the idea that God is both all loving and also all powerful. And so from a spiritual perspective, for treating depression, we want to lean heavily into the all-knowing and all-loving part of God. The fact that I am seen by Him, and that matters. It's almost like you can imagine if the President of the United States got on the national news and spoke your name out and said your name, whatever your name is, Bob with the fanny pack. (laughs) Who goes to Starbucks. Yeah, He said, Bob, you're one of the good guys. You're really important. I see what you're doing. You're making a difference. Keep doing what you're doing. You're awesome. If the president of the United States came out and said that, I think, Bob, I think he'd be riding a high for at least a while. Yeah. But from a spiritual perspective, when you think someone who is infinitely greater, more important, sees you, values you, sacrifices on your behalf, it should make you feel loved. It should make you feel protected, seen. And in a way, if you can really lean into it and really believe it, it should also help to lift you from some of the darkness that we call depression. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a good illustration to make that point because you think about if someone, say you have someone who's met a very famous actor or actress and gotten a photo with them or had a conversation with them. And they just, they talk about that. Oh my goodness, I got a picture with Will Smith or I got a picture with whoever. And it's, they almost feel like that ups their status because they're cool enough or important enough that they got to spend a few minutes with Keanu Reeves. I don't know why he just came to mind, but because we we love you, Keanu Reeves, as if you're listening. But uh, with whoever, when it's like, hey, you do realize that there's an all-loving, all-powerful God who literally... Every time you pray to him, he hears you and he cares about what you have to say. And everything that happens to you in your life, he cares about it because he loves you that much. That right there should be way more powerful than I got a picture with and a conversation with Will Smith. And I think sometimes we don't think about that enough. Maybe it's not real enough to us. You know how much we don't think about it? You know how desperate we are for that affirmation? Entire industries exist to bring us that affirmation. Instagram, Facebook. By the way, subscribe, follow us. (laughs) Yeah, we're on there. So go ahead and and, yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You can't tell somebody to subscribe without telling them the handle. Oh, Serenity Care Counseling? All right, there you go. Yeah, subscribe there. I don't even know what I'm saying with that. You guys all know that. I'm saying yeah. the TikTok. Yeah. So if you see me on there, by the way, if you see me on there, that stuff is, I'm going to, I'm going to unveil the curtain a little bit. I'm basically <laughs> just record them and then send them out. I, I don't know a whole lot about uh Yeah. TikToks thankfully, and- Dr. Ron's wife, Rebecca, <laughs> helps him. With anything he, with anything you think that he does on social media, he didn't do it. He's the guy who talked for that video or whatever, or maybe wrote yeah. something, but he didn't do it. Rebecca did it because he has no idea what he's doing on social. For Which sure. Is funny, Dr. Ron, there's 80 year olds who know how to do social well. And 
throwing that out there. Anyway, that's totally off topic, but <laughs> no, it's right on. It's actually right on topic because I think there's a couple of reasons I don't do it. Number one, I don't do it because it's not a long-term sustainable ministry model for me. Mm. But number two, because God's allowed me to have a multitude of experiences up to and including getting shot at in Iraq, my my need for external human validation, objectively speaking, is probably fairly low. And I guess what I'm suggesting is that from the little experience I do have with things like Instagram, a lot of people seem to be on there for that gratification, yeah. that that instant validate me right now concept. Like, oh, girl, your hair is fire today kind of stuff. Yeah. I know. And you know what? I mean it when I say it this time. I mean it so much that I'm going to take this pen and I'm going to write it down. We need to do an episode on the mental health connection to social media because it's not just that part of what you just said, but that's a big part. The other part is the release of endorphins I get as I scroll through whichever platform. And I'm like, oh, look at that. And that all depends on my age, right? If I'm like 30 or above, I might be scrolling through Facebook. If I'm like a t- if I'm a teenager, I'm definitely scrolling through TikTok or Instagram. Uh, Wait, what's the or- other one that, that deletes itself? It's like yellow. <laughs> How do I know? What, what's Snapchat? Is oh that a thing? my gosh. I'm like so thankful right now. You just thought of the name because I couldn't think of it. And I've already had some people who we that know personally. Yeah, we, we've already had some people that we know personally that were ragging on me and you, but they were saying it to me who are younger, who are like, you guys show how old you are on that podcast. So uh, thank God that you just remembered it's called Snapchat because I couldn't think of it either. Snapchat. Um, okay, yeah, back to mental health. People want to be seen. Yes. People want to be validated. People yes. want to know, am I loved? Yes. And you are – here's the message. Ooh. Ooh I might get I might get a little emotional about this because I, I feel so strongly about this. Whoever's listening right now, please, if you don't hear not- anything else, and if you don't believe anything else, believe this. You are not alone. You are seen and you are loved. You are enough just the way you are. And you don't have to take my word for that. You can take the word of someone for whom it is said, he is love. He's the very definition of love. And honestly, he sees you. He's like Santa Claus. He sees you when you're sleeping. He sees you when you're like, he knows if you're bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. He sees you when you think no one sees you. And he loves you. And in the darkest night of the soul, that should give you a little bit of light Yeah, to know that. yeah. And in any capacity that I, as a therapist, have to reach out across a virtual screen or to see you in person and make you feel that I love you, make you feel that I'm actually invested in your life and care about what happens to you, in any capacity that I have to do that, I only have it because he is working and speaking through me. And as much as I believe in the power of therapy, you don't necessarily have to go through me for that either. Wherever you are at right now, if you're driving and you need to pull to the side of the road, 
if you're sitting in your bedroom, you can actually right now in this moment, surrender yourself to the love of your creator and begin to feel that validation right now. And that's the power of treating depression from a spiritual management perspective. So I, I thought it would be a cool idea, Pastor Colt, and I, before we recorded this, I asked him to dig around a little bit. And from your faith perspective, what do you have to lean into in terms of treating depression from the Christian faith perspective? As everyone knows, he's a pastor of a church. Can you speak to us a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. And you know, what you just said made me think of another Bible verse that I don't have in front of me. So I'm trying to think of, and you might know which one it is. Tell me if you do know, Dr. Ron. It's Paul, and he says, I'm convinced that neither height nor depth nor basically nothing can separate me from the love of Christ Jesus. And so I think that's very relevant to what you just said. And I apologize to for the fact that I don't have that pulled up. I wasn't going to mention it, but what you just said made perfect sense with it because... Yeah, he is the God who sees you, who knows you. And by the way, if you've never heard the song, You're the God Who Stays, I think that's so relevant to what we're talking about right now. Dr. Ron, if you haven't heard it, you look like you might not have heard it. It's more recent. It's a, a recent And I song. definitely haven't heard I'm, it. A little bit of, just a little bit of self-disclosure. I heard that song for the first time, I don't know, a couple months ago as of this recording. And I heard it and I'm driving down the road by myself and I honestly just started bawling. And that's not normal for me. I'm not, sometimes my, my wife gets upset with me because I didn't cry at our wedding. And I, I guess that's a big no. I don't, I'm not a crier, but I've definitely been through some things in my life. And I heard that and I thought, man, that's so true. I've done so many stupid things. I've had people walk out on me. I've had people not care about me. I've had people say I'm nothing or I would never be anything. But Jesus Christ, you're the God who stays. And so I, that's a powerful song. I need to put, I'll, I'll put the name of it. I, might, I think that's the name of it, but I'll put the name in the description because it's such a good song. And Dr. Ron, you need, that's your homework assignment. You need to go listen to it. I, I got to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. And to the listener out there, you should too. Such a powerful song. I can't think of the, the artist, but I'll try to put it in the show notes. Anyway, yeah, the Bible has a ton to speak to this area of depression and it should uplift us because. He does love you. He does care about you no matter what. If, if you're watching this, I'm, I'm reading this verse right now. I'm, I don't have it memorized, so I'm looking away for a moment. But um, Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16, it's a couple verses I'll read to you. It says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. So he knew you before he even made you and he loved you already. And he knew who you would be. He knew the mistakes you would make. And yet he would love you anyway. And uh, to me, that's just powerful. Yeah, there's another part in there that really stood out to me. And it's the idea of being fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, and and the Bible tells us we're made in the image of God. That's Genesis. We know that 
if, if we are made in his image, then when you look in the mirror in the morning, when you think about your life right now, when you think about all the things you've done or haven't done that maybe you should have, know this, when God made you, he didn't make a mistake. He made you in his own image and he did not make a mistake. You are as he intended you to be. That doesn't mean you do everything perfect. and It doesn't mean you, you make all the right decisions with what he's given you, but you as a whole are not a mistake. That's just, to me, that speaks volumes. Yeah. The idea though, if, if he calls me fearfully and wonderfully made, and if he identified my need for salvation and redemption and justification before I was even born and knowing all chose to die for me. Yeah. That gives me a sense of worth of value. And then there's another part of it, which is if I truly say, I believe in an ultimate creator who's all knowing and and all loving and, and such for me to suggest that he was wrong seems a bit arrogant. That would be very arrogant. And especially if I'm somebody who probably is struggling with my self-worth and self-value <laughs> anyway, for me to go, yeah, I know you died on the cross for me, but I think you made a mistake because I wouldn't die on the cross for me. That takes a little more faith than what I have. Right. <laughs> to look at the words of, of the creator and go, I, I don't really believe that. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. So, so if you- Believe in him. I think if you will remind yourself of the fact that he has said these things, I think that ought to go a long way in helping you to realize, yeah, that I can't be a mistake. No matter how I feel or what I think about myself, I'm not. And if you're not inclined to believe for whatever reason, if you've been spiritually traumatized or you just haven't been exposed to a particular faith system, and you're the kind of guy who goes, I trust in science. And I would recommend you check out a book called the, I think it's called the Spiritually Enlightened Brain or something like that. Spiritually Awakened Brain. Lisa, I can't remember her name, but we'll put it in the, in the description. There is a hard science behind the fMRI scans, which is where they attach electrodes to your brain. And so they scan and they can identify the people who have an expressed spirituality that they hold to and believe and by these fMRI scans and they can ask them a series of questions. And what they found is people for whom the area of the brain lightens up indicating that they have a deeply held spirituality, they have a prophylactic against depression and anxiety. Hmm. Wow. So even if you're like, I don't know if I believe the Bible, but I believe science, we'll pour into the science of it and find out that when it comes to faith-based mental health, there's a reason why we're putting the two together. First of all, pastors need to know that <laughs> there are mental health disorders out there. That side's important. But then mental health pr- practitioners need to know that there is clinical benefit of believing. Yeah. And so I'd like people to maybe people who have been skeptical in the past about leaning into a faith and and on my side right now on the clinical side I, I'm not even suggesting I have my bias and my preference and where I think you should go but the fMRI science pinpoints that at least believing something is helpful right so figure it out what whatever it is that you need to do to figure out your belief system and then lean into it. If you're having, especially if you're having trouble with depression and or anxiety, uh, that's my encouragement. 
Sometimes we say, do you have any closing parting wisdom? That's my closing parting wisdom, that whatever your spirituality looks like, lean into it, dig into it, and, and see, just see what happens to your mental health. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And I wanted to mention before we left off, I meant to mention earlier, but I'll mention briefly, leaning into your faith, your spirituality, when you're in a depressive state or just going through a tough time in your life, I really do believe it can change the game for you. And I believe it, one, because I can read the scripture and I see where the evidence of it is there. I also believe it because I've been through it. So I'll just give this brief little story. Years ago, before before I started dating or ever got together with the woman who's now my wife, I was dating someone else who I really thought I was going to marry. And then she decided that wasn't going to happen. And so she dumped me. And that was... I've been through a lot of hard stuff in my life and why that hit me harder than anything else ever did. I'm honestly not sure, but it did. Nothing I've ever been through has hit me as hard as that did. And I know that because I was pretty much not functional. For the most part, I was pretty much not functional for, I'd say a few weeks even. And I I still had to go to class. I was an undergrad, but I was pretty useless in, in almost everything that I tried to do. But one thing that I did is I literally, and it's in a very literal sense, I spent at least a couple hours a day praying. And it wasn't like a very religious, fancy prayers. It was like, I would be at home. I would start crying. I would end up literally laying on the floor crying with physical pain because I had been literally looking forward to the day I got to marry this woman and then it was over. And as I'm laying on the floor in physical pain, crying, I would end up praying. And it was very simple. Typically, God help me, somehow help me. But I spent a ton of time in prayer every day for, yeah, I I don't know how long, probably at least a month, significant time in prayer every day. And I'm telling you right now, I believe the thing that got me through that, um, because I'll just be really vulnerable and say there were even at times, I never even came close to acting on it, but thoughts of suicide because it was so intense. And the only thing that got me through that was my prayer and my knowledge that God loves me still. Even if it felt like things were falling apart all around me, God loves me still and he sees me and he knows me and he hears me and He he's with me through all of that. And yeah, I, I know it because of scripture. I know that your faith element will, will help you get through the tough times, but I also know it because of my own experiences. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. Definitely. I, I hope it can be helpful to someone, someone listening, because he sees you, he knows you, he loves you, and you're not alone. You're not alone. All right. Dr. Ron, I guess you've already given your parting wisdom, unless there's anything further. Oh, no, I'm going to take your line. And if okay. you're out there right now, <laughs> and you're struggling, and uh, depression is something that you've been wrestling with and you find leaning into your faith to be challenging. We want you to know you're not alone. You can find us at serenitycarecounseling.com. You can book a session with either Colt or myself or any one of our providers and we'd be honored to talk to you. So yeah, don't be a stranger. All right. Thank you, Dr. Ron. Thank you, listener. And one last thing to the listener, if you're enjoying this, 
go ahead and tell a friend about it. Somebody who you think it might it might be helpful to. We'd love to get the message out there and just be helpful to as many people as we can. So tell somebody that you care about. So scribble. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Showing your age. All right. We will see you next time. Dr. Ron, listener, we'll see you next time. Bye. Aloha. Bye.